Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm here today with a lovely guest. We're going to talk today about postpartum pregnancy and how to snap back safely after pregnancy. I'm super excited to welcome Simone Loves Fitness. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm actually so excited because I've been wanting us to do this for the longest time. So I'm so happy you could finally be here. I know, and I'm such a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So I'm really, really excited to be here with you. Thank you so much, Simone. So Simone, tell us a little bit about your background. You are a personal trainer and you specialize in helping women who are recovering from postpartum to get stronger and to just be overall more healthy. But tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Cameroon and I moved here when I was 15, going on 16 in New York City. So I've spent most of my life there. I spent 17 years in New York City and then I moved here two years ago in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, I really, really love it here. The quality of life is definitely different than New York. Yeah. And when I, I went to college, studied biochemistry, started my grad, grad school biochemistry as well, and then decided to be a trainer. That's literally how my journey went from like wanting to go to medical school to becoming a personal trainer. Wow. So growing up in African mm-hmm. household, typically they want you to do careers. Parents usually want you to do like yeah. medical field and that kind of thing, what you were on the road to. And then you changed it yep. to becoming a personal trainer. How did your family take that? Oh, man, I still have a couple of uncles and auntie who think uh-huh. that I'm going to turn around. <laughs> They're still waiting. <laughs> They're still waiting. I have one in France who say, I'm waiting for you. You're going to be turned 40 and say, I'm going back to medical school. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, uncle, that ship is sell. It's gone. (laughs) It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. So when I was in grad school, I took a semester off. I said, you know what? Let me see if I really enjoy I'm going to join becoming a trainer before I throw away my life. So that's what I did. I went to a very prestigious gym. I didn't even have any certifications. So I went there and I took my certification. I studied. That came a little bit easier for me because of my background. So I did that and I started training and it was just so fulfilling you know I was just so happy clients would come they could be upset but every time they left they felt great they had energy um clients would open up to me so easily and just say oh my gosh Simone I love you I I, like thanks for being here like I I love our time together and when I was in grad school I was mostly spending my day alone like doing reactions so I didn't really speak to that many people so to go from that and to actually have a direct connection with people I say wow I want to help people, but I think this is the way I want to do it because I don't want, I'm a people person. I love to chat. I love to like, you know, I love to be around people. And I say, this is, I think this is my path. You found your purpose. I think I found my purpose. And I did that. And I just, I told my family, even my mentor, he never responded to my email. going to talk to him about me not wanting to be in the gym and in the, in the lab anymore. I felt that and I say, this is it, you know, and my family was not happy, but I, I say, I made my mind and like I say, up to this point, I still have a couple of uncles who think that I throw away my life, but I'm so happy what I do and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, you are so brave to pursue the thing that you feel like God created you to do instead of sticking to what you felt like you had to do, because now you're truly helping people in a, just in a different way. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And you are married. Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. How did you meet your husband? I met Oliver at the gym where I started training. Gym buddy? <laughs> yeah, no. So I started working there a year. And then a year after he came out, he came there too to apply. His background is social worker. 
but he went to, he went to school in Nebraska. Was all American, like it was an athlete, right? Right before I was working out and everything. So he came to the same gym to apply to to be a trainer there. And I remember seeing the first day when I apply, and I say hi, and he's very short with words. If he doesn't know you, yes, yes, no, yes, no. And I say hi, are you here for a job? He said, yeah. I said, you're gonna get it. He was like, okay. Mm-hmm. No enthusiasm, like nothing. I said, you know what? Okay, fine. <laughs> Not even like uh, I said, okay. So I just almost like forgot about him, and then um, he got hired. He started working there. And the reason why I started speaking to him again, I heard two other gentlemen, other trainers talk about him. And they were talking about all the great things about him. <laughs> and I said, well, that sounds like my husband. <laughs> oh, look at you. And I literally went back to him and I said, I heard that you used to run track. Could you teach me some of the track drill? Because I always wanted to run track, but my dad didn't let me. He said, sure. And he was just so stern. He said, okay. So we're going to do this, like, let's say Monday and Wednesday. And when I say 2 p.m., you have to be here at 2 p.m. It's very, like, very structured. And at the time, I was also competing. So I said, wow, this is exactly what I need. I need a person who could, like, lead me the right way, a very structured, very punctual and respectful. And that's literally how we started talking again. That is so nice. Seven years later, we have a son. (laughs) Seven years later. So how did you know he was the one? Was it because of how structured he was and just the way that he carried himself in the u.s i don't really i don't really have that much family right i don't have that many friends either and when we started hanging out i said okay you know what i found my person who could just hang out and do everything together and i remember one time he asked me do you have any hobbies do you have any like hobbies like you know things that you like to do you want to get to do like start and i was just so hurt i think how could this man ask me that i want to spend all my time with you like i was ready to be a wife oh so he was saying like you're spending so much time with me do you have anything else that so you can that's, do that's what i understood that's right you, okay and i said i'm ready to be a wife to you like i the way i was raised like and i was already cooking for him all that kind of <laughs> stuff right but i'm so grateful he did that because at the time I didn't really know who I was yet. Oh. I didn't really know what I like. Okay. Like I didn't even know. Like I didn't. There's so much about me I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And had him be, had he be possessive, I would not even be here talking to you right now. But I think because of that, it gave me space to explore who I was and find what I like to do. Without him saying like, "Well, I don't like to do that," so you cannot go out. You can't do this. Right. So I think when I found that, I said, "You know what? I think this is my person." And from that other conversation that we, we always have, he always talked about the future, right? He never said, he was never afraid. He, he would always say like, you know, next year, two years, right? Some people might find that a little bit, maybe like, okay, no, for me, it was kind of like, you know, I want this. I want a person who knows what he want and they're not afraid to talk about the future because I was not dating to have fun. I was dating to find a husband and to hear him say those words as, okay, next year when we do this, we're going to go to Brazil. We're going to do that. And I just kind of felt like this guy wants me, you know? And on top of like him letting me find what I wanted to do, not being aware of anything I wanted to try or learn. I'm so grateful for that. Like I said, I would not be here talking to you right now. I'll still be somewhere afraid in New York. (laughs) That is so powerful. What a blessing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you and your husband got married and you got pregnant. Yes. (laughs) Tell me in your mind, what are some things that you wish that you knew about pregnancy before you became pregnant? I think postpartum is one of the things that I, I want to talk about the most because even when you watch a movie, right? The woman's about to give birth. She's screaming. She goes to the hospital. The baby comes out. They don't even show you about how they cut the umbilical cord, right? They don't show you about postpartum. Just say, oh, one year later or maybe six months later, right? They don't show you that journey from like either home birth or hospital birth to like, they don't show you that, you know? And that's one thing I didn't really know going in there and postpartum really hit me like a truck. 
Okay. Because I, birth for me, I had a really nice birth, like a you know, birth experience, and I will do that again. Mm-hmm. But postpartum was very, very hard. Like emotionally, physically, you have a new human being and you guys are getting to know each other. It's not all like, oh my God, it's my kid. I know exactly what to do. Like, I mean, you do know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like you're full of love for this little person. But at the same time, it's new. Right. You know, like everything is new. Like how do I hold you better? Like how do I hold you left? Is that better for you? Is that better for me? Like all those little things. So I think postponement is one of the things that I wish people had been very much honest with me. I agree with um, that. But a lot of times people are not very honest. I don't know if they're not being honest or they don't want to seem, they don't want to be vulnerable. I shouldn't like, you know, maybe they're not. Yeah. I think maybe they don't want to appeal weak. Or I don't I know. I think a lot of women don't realize that other women are experiencing the same things. And so it just feels like maybe it's just you and you don't want to seem like there's something wrong with you because motherhood is something that people have a lot of opinions about. Yeah. And if you're not so thrilled and excited <laughs> all the time to be a mom, people who maybe are struggling to conceive or yeah. people who've lost a child, they come for you. And it's almost like you should just be happy that you have a baby. You, you should just be what? happy that you're a mom. Like, I, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I've never understood <laughs> that sentiment, you know? Like, right. what does my journey have to do with your journey? Like, we're on two different paths, you know? And you could have something that you're grateful for and be equal, equally tired. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm grateful God gave me a kid so easily, but I'm saying, like, you know what, God, give me some more energy because I'm also tired. Whatever know? God gives you, he needs to also give you the grace to be able to carry it out. And that's what you need exactly you know so i would say like just because somebody is making it look easier or or telling you it's difficult that has nothing to do with your journey you know it's two different things you know if you tell me oh oh my god my kid is sleeping all night mine's not sleeping okay that's amazing (laughs) i'm glad you're getting some sleep tell me what do you do what do you do to make that happen maybe help me exactly (laughs) how can i learn from you to make sure i get the same amount of sleep as well you know yes agree with that for you in your pregnancy, which trimester was the hardest for you, the most difficult? I believe the first one. Really? The first one was okay. the hardest one because I didn't really have that much energy. Okay. And I couldn't eat sweet. I couldn't eat Why? dessert because my body just didn't want it. Oh, okay. So whenever I would eat something sweet, I would have more nausea. So I had to stay away from that. I didn't have any money sickness per se. Mm-hmm. But every time I would have something sweet, even like orange juice or a banana, fruit, I couldn't have any except like uh, berries and stuff mm-hmm. and also I didn't really have like I'm very active so to go from being like I just climbed like one of the tallest mountains like the, the lower state mm-hmm. to like wow I am tired like I can't even walk two miles right now so that was like really like I think physically but also emotionally like oh wow yeah. <laughs> it was a shock it's like a shock. you know and I would only necessarily I would like maybe go out at night when I would have energy and do like a couple of like steps and come back home mm-hmm. but I believe the first trimester was definitely my how did your husband support you during your pregnancy? Because you both are a fitness couple. And if you enjoy doing things like that together, yeah. all of a sudden, like you can't do the same things you were doing. You don't have the same amount of energy. You have appointments and yeah. all of this. So what did your husband do to help support you with it? This is why I would give this man another kid. Like, you know, no matter how much, <laughs> other, give him another know, kid. no matter how many other things possibly issue we could have, uh-huh. you know, he stepped up like, the way you want your partner, your husband to step up, you know? So I couldn't work out during the day. And somehow it's only at night that I would get my energy. Sometimes I run 10 PM. Okay. Right. Obviously I'm not going to go out at night and walk alone. So every time I had energy, whether at 10 PM or 11 PM, we would go walk together. You know, he never missed any doctor appointments. 
you know, his job is also flexible. He's also a trainer. Even if he had something to do, he always make sure he was there. Mm-hmm. He did more research about what baby needs or like the way I wanted to give birth. He did so many research. It was always there. Like I, I didn't find the, the crib. I didn't find the, 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 the car seat. I didn't do any <laughs> oh, of that. Wow, really? I was like, I am pregnant. That's it. Wow. I feel like my brain almost kind of like, Shut off. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all I need to do is stay active, drink my water, take my vitamins and eat. And then that's it. And you handle all of that. And he did, and he all did of it that. with a smile. He did it with a smile. And I know that because you have your channel together, your podcast. Exactly. And yes. your husband would make these videos with you and you, he would come on and he would talk about your appointments. He's like, yes, Simone's not going to be eating this. Simone's going to be doing that. And I'm like, whoa, he knows a lot about he pregnancy. Yeah, he, he was right there. He was right there. Like, I'm so, so grateful because... No one should have to do this alone, especially without the person you're making this kid, you know, the kid with. So um, he was there from beginning to the end. That's so good. Yeah. So you talked about your birth and you said that you did have a natural birth. Talk us through your birth process. I know you also had a doula. Mm -hmm. So how important is it to have one and what was your birth process? I think it's very important. So... I started with an OB, right? I had an OBGYN and everything was going great until I got pregnant, right? So I got pregnant and first, I think she was a little like shocked that I got pregnant so quickly because we, when I went to her, I said, okay, you know, you do your, your pap smear and all that kind of stuff. And I said, we're ready to get pregnant. So we, um, she said, okay, I feel you got next year. But we came back a couple of weeks after that, oh. right? <laughs> we came back a couple of weeks. She said, oh, that was fast. I said, well, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah. we, we are grateful. She told me to come back when I thought I was pregnant. She said, come back. I think she said, give me another two weeks so we can actually hear the heartbeat. Something like that. I said, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So I went there and all my appointments were very short, right? I would go there maybe wait for almost an hour, 50, 45 minutes to an hour. And your appointment is only like 10 to 15 minute max, right? Mm-hmm. The first appointment, you're excited. You don't really see it. The second appointment, and it kept on going like that. And there were a few things there. I just realized I have nothing against her, but this is not what I need nor want it, right? I spent my whole life helping others, pouring out, like, you know, people pour to me. And I didn't realize how much love and care I needed until I got to the point where I'm like, wait, I don't want a 15 minute appointment. I don't want to be rushed. I don't want to be dismissed. Like I want all my questions to be answered. And I started looking to like, you know what? I think I'm a good candidate for a home birth. Let me look into that. And then when I told my husband, then he also started looking into stuff, right? So I found a birthing center and I spoke to the midwife and I was just in love. Like I literally fell from these two women, everything I was looking for. The appointments were one hour long and my husband still didn't miss those appointments. <laughs> we have to drive like almost like 45 minutes. He drove me there all the time because I didn't have a license yet. <laughs> so he drove me there all the time. And like I say, appointment was one hour long. I never felt rush. I felt love. I felt care. Like I, I just realized like this is what I want. And even if they had to transfer me, I'm just glad that all my appointments at that point were with them, you know? And when it was time to give birth, I went there and I had a, it was like, I, I have nothing against what I went through. Like, and it was nice. It wasn't like easy peasy. Obviously, if you give birth, you know, it's not easy, but they took really, really good care of me, you know, and I wouldn't change that for, for anything. And I think even if you're going to give birth at a hospital, I think having a doula is so important because even when you're in a hospital, like even with a midwife, they start caring for me. And then when the baby came, they had to look after the baby, right? But if you have a doula, she's still taking care of you. So I always say, what are you going to give birth at home, birth center? Do your research, whatever works best for you. But I highly recommend a doula 
because she also going to educate your husband, your partner, right? There might be things like maybe your husband might not be as computer savvy or maybe like doing like into research like my husband was, but that's fine with a doula. She's going to give each person a homework. She's going to tell your husband, you should be doing this. You should be doing this. I mean, she's going to check on the two of you, but she's going to let your husband know what he should be doing for you and what do you need? I like like how to support you, you know? Cause sometimes I also think about it. Who, who has ever been, even us as women, did you, your mom or your grandmother taught you anything about birth? No. Exactly. So what about the men? They definitely don't know anything about giving birth, <laughs> right? So it's good because sometimes it's kind of like, how can I support you? I don't even know how, what I want. So if you don't know right. what you want, they definitely how don't know. They help you. So how can I help you? Right. So it's also good to have a third person to say, okay, this is what your wife needs, right? She needs X, Y, this is what your partner needs. She might need water in the middle of the night. If you think you're tired, imagine being pregnant and tired, right? So all those little things that might not click to them right away, the doula will be there to explain. And sometimes, like, you need a third person to kind of, like... Oh, you do. To, like, be like, all right. Listen, (laughs) especially when you're in the hospital, let's say you do have your baby in the hospital and you're giving birth, you do need someone else because there are so many people coming in and out of the hospital room. You are being told this, you're being asked questions. You might be hooked up to machine with medicine and you're drowsy and your husband's probably going to just be in there like on his phone or sleeping or out in the room. And you need someone else who can guide the doctors and help you and just keep you informed and at peace. And Of course, you know, husbands who are supportive, they want to do as much as they can, but sometimes they're just limited in their knowledge. And it's just really great to be able to have that. I didn't have one. I didn't have one. Oh, you didn't have a doula? No, but after giving birth, I'm like, next time, absolutely. I want one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because another thing also, the thing about a doula is going to, she's, unfortunately, you shouldn't have to go to the hospital and advocate for you, right? Right. You should be like, just trust people right away. But a lot of times, sometimes like, it's not the case. So having a doula will also know keywords and she maybe knows what you want, what you don't want. Exactly. A small, a little example. I have a couple of clients who gave birth in the hospital and they will prescribe. Oh, do you want some little Tylenol? Right. Oh, here. And they charge you like 80 bucks or some kind of crazy number for that. Right. Really? Look it up. So you might have come with choice. Maybe you even forgot, but the dollar might be like, listen, I have a little bit of, I have Tylenol. I can give it to you. Like little stuff like that. Like, and then 80 bucks is a lot of money uh, Yeah. for one pill. That's a lot of money. I have screenshots. Seriously, I'm not joking. Like, but you know what? You're right. Because when I was giving birth, they asked me if I wanted all these different like pain medications. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were. And so I said, okay, I want like the one that has the least amount of effect on the baby and on me. They gave me this medication that made me so drowsy. I felt like I was hot, like stoned. Okay. And my baby's heart rate dropped significantly because of it. And I'm like, what is this? I do not want this. And so if I would have had someone with me who was well-informed in that sense, yeah, they would have been able to help. My husband was amazing in the hospital. He yeah. As much as he could. Yeah, yeah, But when it comes yeah. to medical... Like, they throw the medical terms at you. You're like, wait, what is what? What does that do? Right. It's like, all right, I'm in pain. Just give it to me. And the thing about also your husband is probably like, oh my God, I want I want my uh, my wife to be well. You know, like, oh, you said that's the best thing? Okay, yes. Of course. Because, I mean, if your husband is an engineer or, I don't know, a lawyer, right. he may, he's not going to be familiar with those terms. But he's like, okay, that's my wife. Take good care of her. That's the best medicine? Sure, give it to her. Exactly. You know, but... That's probably not the best medicine for her, right. you know, but so yeah, definitely. I highly recommend to have a doula. There are some doula who, uh, there are also some postpartum doulas. Sometimes 
the, the same one could do both. Mm-hmm. But definitely have one she knows who knows kind of like your birthing plan, what you like, what you don't like, because you could stay very much like no, she doesn't want that. Yes, we could go with that. You know exactly. That's so good. Now let's talk about postpartum. Mm-hmm. This is something that you said that you were wishing that you had more information about mm-hmm. before being pregnant. And I agree. Yeah. Same here. First and foremost, I want to tell you how Simone and I met. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Simone and I were both getting dresses made for different things during our pregnancies. So I went to a boutique to have a dress made for my baby shower. And after I was finished, this woman walks in with this cute little belly <laughs> looking super toned and fit. I'm like whoa who is pregnant looking like this (laughs) so we talked and we just exchanged information because she would she her appointment was after mine so she came in and we talked and we exchanged information and she told me that she was in fact a personal trainer for women who were pregnant postpartum helping with their pelvic floor and things that had nothing I have no knowledge. (laughs) And that's how we met. So we met in a really organic way. And that's why I'm just so excited because we were both pregnant. We both just had our babies. We both had boys. (laughs) (laughs) And going through this postpartum journey together has been really cool. And just figuring out what what another is doing. So Sima, tell me a little bit about your postpartum journey. How did you feel after giving birth? And what are some things that you were experiencing? So I gave birth around 7.20 and, um, at the birth center. And then we left around 10, right? So I was feeling fine. Adrenaline still rushing. Baby was fine. So we got in the car. We got back home. I think we probably got home before 12. So everything was fine. Like, you know, I'm happy. Baby's doing well. And uh, I think two days after that, I get my first postpartum visit from the midwives. They're coming. Still, everything's going well. I think on the fourth day, I don't know what happened to me, you know, maybe I just, maybe because I was tired and the adrenaline just kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of like had a little crash and my mom is home with me, right? So she's home with us and she's helping me with the breakfast, whatever I need, she's doing everything for us. And that morning I decided like, you know what, I'm going to just get on my own two feet and do whatever I need to do, right? So I'm going around looking for stuff, looking for stuff and I don't know if that made things worse for me or it was bound to happen already. So I have something that was called, that's called pubic symphysis, right? You're not going to hear about it so much. I don't know why, but it was my first time hearing it, right? Even as a pre and postnatal uh, trainer, I've only heard about prolapse, weak pelvic floor, but I've never heard about pubic symphysis. So I had this really, really pain where I couldn't even walk. Really? Like it was so painful. So painful. Getting in bed was difficult. Getting out of bed was difficult. Where was the pain? Right in the middle, oh. right in the middle of my pubic bone, okay. right in the middle. And um, so yeah, I couldn't lie down my side. When I say I cry, think about it. I'm like very active, right? I've like, I've hiked like 22 miles. Like I'm working, I'm lifting. Like I love all of that. So mentally to be able to like not walk mm-hmm. and also like not be able to carry my kid and make a couple of steps in the house. I think it was also mentally like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm like, I feel like I was disabled, you know, it went on like this for like two, three weeks. Things getting, I mean, things getting, got better slowly, slowly, but it was a pain that I wish, I wish that on no one, you know, it was very, very painful. And I, like, like I said, I've never heard about it before. Did the doctors tell you or did someone tell you why it happened? I think, no, because when you're pregnant, you know, like you have all these hormones, your body kind of relaxes, stuff like that, you know? And I think I was fine. 
But I think the idea from like moving around, like, you know, changing direction up and like, you know, left and right, I think that just kind of make things worse it for me. It was too much movement. I see. Like too much movement. And that just, my, my pelvic floor just got really, really inflamed. Oh. And I just had to like, just sit my butt down and relax. You know, you know, people don't talk enough about that. Like, what do you do once you get home? And there's people who can help you, but it's like knowing what you need help with is so important. I was running around a lot too after I had my son. I did have some assistance. I had a night nanny that mm-hmm. helped a lot, but I was on my feet a lot and my feet got so swollen. They were huge. Oh my God. And I didn't even notice. My mom was like, Michelle, your feet, like you need to get off your feet. I did not know what to do. I was told to drink a ton of coffee. They said, go to Starbucks and get like a huge, giant cup of coffee and drink it. And that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. But just being on your feet, I mean, I didn't realize so many different things with your body are happening. I say to anyone who's pregnant, after you give birth, whether you give birth via your birth canal or belly birth, mama, the only thing you need to do is is feed your kids. Sit down, put your feet up and nurse your kid. Like everything else will get, will be taken care of. Like, no, don't worry about it. Like you really, really, really want to rest. Like you have to be on your feet. If you're going to the bathroom, like those first, I would say first two weeks, don't try to do anything except caring for your kid. A lot of times in this culture, we as women are told that we have to snap back after (laughs) having a baby. And so many of us are worried while we're pregnant and we're seeing our stomach stretch. Like, how are we going to lose this weight? So with the pressure that society gives us, what are your thoughts about snapping back after pregnancy? Being that you are a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. how can women snap back safely? And is snapping back even necessary? Exactly. Right. So first of all, after giving, after going through pregnancy, like it's such a traumatic experience that your body just went through. It's not easy. Your body just made bones and muscle and all that kind of stuff. So it takes, people always say, oh, six weeks, you're good. It takes at least two years for your body to go back into some kind of like normal state, right? So even if you're going to lose weight, like you build, go back to your strength, just tell yourself at least two years. I mean, the TV is going to show you six months later and the woman looks like she never gave birth, right? Because first of all, she was not pregnant. So don't look at TV, right? And each snapback journey is on its own. And everything that you see on the internet is not real. It's not real. Don't look at celebrities. They all have what it's called like custom birth where they either have like, they, they might have like a C-section and then they get worked on right away. And then you see her two, three months later, she looks like she never gave birth. First of all, she has money for the cheat code. Some of us don't have that. And their angles, your Photoshop, like do not listen, do not watch TV. Like don't compare yourself to every woman that you see. Your own journey is your own journey. After you give birth, the first thing you need to make sure is like your baby's fine you're fine, you're sleeping well, and to see a pelvic floor therapist. Tell us about that. What is a pelvic floor therapist? So a pelvic floor therapist, I mean, even if you get cleared by your doctor, right? The doctor's going to clear it, but the doctor doesn't necessarily know the anatomy, right? Like your OB. When I go to your pelvic floor, so they can really see, they know the mechanics. They know how your pelvic floor is supposed to feel. If you have like overactive pelvic floor or a weak, whatever the case is, you might have prolapse, you might have pubic symphysis like me. It's not the OB who's going to help you with that. It's the pelvic floor who's going to help you with all, like kind of like making sure your core is back into, you know, functioning again, a pelvic floor to a, a pre and postnatal trainer. So those are the two things you want, like you want to do at first. Like when you go see those two trainers, like the first six months, it's not going to be about, okay, how much weight can you lift now? No, it's going to be about like, okay, no pain, you're moving, you're sleeping, 
if you're sleeping on your left or your right, there's no pain. That's the first thing you want to go through, right? Like kind of like me, my first thing was like, okay, I could stand. Okay, fine. I could walk a little bit. Okay. Now I could move side to side. Was up? Was, was that any pain? Like slowly, slowly you're going to stall like that. And then like, depending also where you thought before your pregnancy, right? Cause let's be honest. Let's say you were already a certain size, a certain way before pregnancy and you got pregnant mm-hmm. and you're looking at someone who was, I don't want to say where it's going to hurt anybody, but like I, like you look at someone, maybe like me, where he had a lot of muscle before I gave birth. I did lose a lot of muscle, but now not as much compared to someone who had no muscles, right? Even my pregnancy, you could still see my delt, whatever the case is. But so you cannot compare yourself to me who already had a whole bunch of muscle before I gave birth, right? right? So you have to, like I said, your journey is your own. And the first thing to make sure like, oh, wow, I don't have any more pain. I don't have any more pain. I can feel my core. I can feel my glutes because as you walk, you need your glutes, right? You need your glutes, you need your pelvic floor. So those are the first thing you need to do. And then slowly, gradually, just start, even just start walking. Mm-hmm. Start walking. And But if you have like, you have no idea where to start, I highly recommend hiring a personal trainer and just let them know like, listen, I this is where I want to go. How can you help me get there safely? And if you just gave birth and your personal trainer is talking about, okay, in two months you're going to lose weight, run for your life. Run for your life because the first thing when you just gave birth should be about making sure that you are feeling well, you're not in pain, and even that you're sleeping well. Right. And then from that, okay, let's slowly, slowly add more things to do. So don't rush. Don't compare yourself to anyone, not even your mom, not even your sisters. Even twins will have totally different uh, postpartum journeys, you know. That's just significant. Take your time. Well, you know, when it comes to snapping back, there is society's pressure, but then there's also the pressure that you have within yourself or within your household. Because I know for me personally, I wasn't concerned about losing the weight after I had my baby. Like I knew eventually it would come off. But after a while, I was starting to still like look pregnant. I got my nails done once and the lady was like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. (laughs) And I, you know, I still didn't care that much. Honestly, I just wanted to take care of my baby, but I did start to feel a little bit of pressure because I'm married and I have a husband who wants me to look a certain way and he's in no way rushing me or even mentioning it. But I'm aware that that attraction needs to kind of like get close to where it was. It can't just be like me looking. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are you sure you were not projecting? I probably because your husband didn't really open his mouth. And he say, never. You he see, never said a lot anything. of times we want to accuse men, but it's on us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think. I think it was in my mind. Right, because even with me, I was in my. I, was in my, I think my sibling is kind of like going. He said, "Okay, I didn't ask you. I don't care." You right. know, like he never once said, "Oh, you look," because he knows what I just went through. Right. You know, and no, like so. I think a lot of times, like. Sometimes we think when, like, let's say you, you want your husband to do something, but you don't see it, right? Uh-huh. How is he going to know, right. right? If he didn't really open his mouth and say something as in, you know what, Michelle? It's been three months since you gave birth. <laughs> uh, what's happening there? Right. There's no way a, a husband is right. Mom's going to ever no, say some something like that. No, do. I have seen so many women tell me uh-huh. their husbands told them that. They're like, okay, like, you're not pregnant anymore, but I don't want you to, like, stay fat. So let's walk together. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, a man kind of encouraging you. Of so course. You don't get comfortable because of course. I know with me having the pregnancy nine months, right, mm-hmm. of eating a certain way mm-hmm. and then giving birth and just being so tired, eating mm-hmm. anything and just trying to get your calories up to breastfeed. Of course. You can start getting into like a mental pattern mm-hmm. of 
poor living in terms mm-hmm. of your body. Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't until six months that I started even thinking about working out. And you were the first person that yeah. actually encouraged me because I went to a session with you and that was my very first time I was in my gym clothes and I was like, oh my gosh, how do I look like this? I could barely put my gym clothes on. And you were just so, so wonderful with me. Like you were patient and working with you as a trainer, you know, you kept asking me like, does this hurt? Is this too much? Because certain things did feel a little bit different than before. Mm -hmm. And you helped me like with breastfeeding and asking questions about nutrition and everything that was going on with me, you were just aware of. Mm -hmm. So I was so grateful to have you as the first person that led me into my postpartum fitness. And I'm so glad that women have you as a, as a source to be able to get fit again. Yeah. So tell us what is it that you provide in your services? So I train everyone, right? But I mostly like to focus on women because indeed, when you're going through that, like, you know, you need a lot of love, a lot of care, a lot of understanding. And I always train pre and post mode or pre and postnatal before, but I feel like having gone through that, I have an even better understanding and respect for anyone wanted to go through this, <laughs> not once, but twice. So I just kind of feel like you are at your most vulnerable state, mm-hmm. right? Like you are, your hormones are racing left and right. Right. And the last thing you want to go is like you want to go to a trainer. Maybe you already have pressure from maybe home society and you come to me and you still have that pressure. Also, like I should like I am always like I have to feel like a safe place. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to go see more. I'm so excited because when I get there, she's going to understand me. She's going to ask me questions. I just feel great. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. I always want to make sure like when you come to me, like you really feel safe. And I work with anyone, like whatever your goals are. But my thing is just to let you know, like we're going to get that safely. We're going to get there with patience and consistency. And it's not going to happen two days like they show you on Instagram or TV. It's going to happen here over time because science doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. You don't do things in the blink of a night, you know, blink of an eye. So that's my thing. I just really, really enjoy that. And having gone through pregnancy myself, I know exactly what you're going through, you know, more or less. Right. It might be different, but I know what it's like to be pregnant or wake up in the middle of the night because you have like, you're sweating or you're hungry, anything like that, breastfeeding your kid. I'm going to die myself. And I think it's very important to make sure you go to the right trainer in general. But when you're pregnant, mostly, I hope like you really have to go through that. Another thing also, I really hope like men get to watch this because I feel like we're not, we're not getting thought about birth. Men definitely not getting thought about birth. They, don't, they might not know how to, to support your partner. So I feel like if when more and more, a lot of us are vocal, and they can hear it, then I bet you're not really going to hear that many men say after three months as in, okay, you should start working out. Yes, you should be very encouraging to your partner and say, you know what, let's go walk together. But you can't be pointing the fingers as in, well, you haven't worked that in two months. Right. You're getting too big. Right. No. Listen, you know what? Let's go for a walk a little bit. Let's put a baby in the show. Let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Because no one has ever gone for a walk and came back and say, I hated it. I should have never gone. We're always happy when we moved a little bit, you know, but you just have to be done with care. Like you come work out with me, the workout's going to be challenging. You're not even going to see that I'm like, because I would never yell at you. It's going to be all out of love. Which gonna- is so good because <laughs> let me tell you, I'm usually not a fan of personal trainers because I don't want anyone bothering me. Like, I don't want someone breathing over my shoulder, <laughs> yelling at me. And it's like, I only want to do two sit-ups. <laughs> let me live. But you did not do that. No. So, so easy to work with. Yeah. You're going to have that full hour. You're going to say, wow, one hour passed already. So that, yeah, like I really want everyone to come to me and feel very much safe. Whether you train with me once 
session two, three, four years, I want you to feel like, wow, that was a, that was an investment because training with a trainer is an investment. You shouldn't see that as an, like, I just spent like, you know, it's an investment in yourself. You're also investing in me. So your investment is going to be a, it's going to be good. (laughs) And you need to be strong because when you have your baby, I know carrying my baby, I do everything now with one hand. I have him in one hand and and only have one free hand. So I need to be strong enough to carry him and pick up and do whatever else I need to do. Exactly. And with the snapback, it's not even just physical, but a lot of times there's that mental part and that emotional part that we as women go through after having a baby that unfortunately people are so focused on getting their body back that they struggle with the mental health part. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, I was very aware as a psychologist, but mm-hmm. also just as a pregnant woman of postpartum depression. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I was like thinking about. And I remember writing in my journal and I wrote like a whole plan to God using all these scriptures about how my birth was going to go. And it went just like how I prayed for Amen. <laughs> but I did not focus on the postpartum part at all. And I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. It wasn't depression, yeah. but a lot of anxiety about like my baby, like, you know, sleeping and me dropping him on accident or someone watching him and I can't concentrate. And that mental part, I did not realize I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. So I think it's important, not just the physical part, but also the mental piece as well. Exactly. And every time you finish your workout, even just like a little walk, it just kind of gives you clarity. Yes. And it's something about being strong. Mm -hmm. When you're strong, it just gives you more confidence, right? And then the more confidence you, you have, the more you're able to even do more. So I say, you know what, when you start working out, don't even necessarily think about your, how your body is going to change because it is going to change. If you're working out a certain way and you're eating a certain way, you're sleeping, you're not stressed out, your body is going to change. But the stronger you are, it just, it's like nothing else. You know, it's just so amazing. You could carry your kid in one hand and do something because sometimes at home, your husband might be there, but your kids want you. Yeah. He's like, nah, I want they mom. Want, yeah. You might have the help. Like my mom is home for my kids say, nah, it's you. You're going to uh-huh. carry me. You're going to carry me. You're going to carry me and do everything else. <laughs> You're going to you know? like it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So how could you say not that little cute face, you know? Right. So having, having, being strong enough to do everything, it's just so, um, it's so amazing, you know, it's longevity. And if you want to, if, if you want a second kid, you're going to, you want to make sure that your body is ready to carry that second kid again, or even third kid, right? right. You want to make sure, and then you're going to have, a, f- a pregnant and you have a toddler so you need to be able to keep up with them that is a lot you need to be able to keep up with all of that do it, but you're right you do need to be able to be strong physically and mentally to be able to exactly multiple children. exactly so snapback is going to come honestly there's nothing wrong with having physical goals uh, or wanting to look a certain way just go just remember that some things take a long time right and you took it took you nine months to carry this child you know, it's not going to happen in six weeks it's not going to happen in six months because first of all, the first three months, you're not doing anything. You're just, you're just sitting down caring for your kid and you have to eat a lot of calories to keep up with the, the demand, right? Yeah. So the first six months, honestly, your body may or may not, may not change and that's fine. And then when you start getting better, that's when you start moving. So snapback is going to come. There's nothing wrong with having all those goals, but just make sure they are one, realistic. And that two, that you're patient with yourself. And three, do not compare because what you see online is not always... It's not what it is. It's like so-and-so does not even look like so-and-so. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Mo. Of course. And where can they find you online? And how can they book you for services? Okay. So on Instagram, you can find me at Simone Loves Fitness. Simone, like Nina Simone, loves fitness. My email is also simonelovefitness at gmail.com. My uh, YouTube, which I do follow along workout. So if you don't know where to start and you want to do like a 20-minute workout, 15-minute workout, I have workouts there, upper body, lower body. 
um, no weight. So it's going to be Simon Lot Fitness as well. Would you please add the links for me? Hello? Absolutely. Okay. So below. exactly. So you can reach out to me there. I do one-on-one. I do group training. I also do virtual and I do programs. So whatever needs you have in terms of like training, please reach out to me. I'll be very, very happy to be part of your fitness journey. Oh, and I'm going to show you a picture of my first day when I went to see Simone, yeah. what body looked like, and a picture of what I look like now. And I'm telling you, she is definitely worth the investment. Thank so you. <laughs> make sure to visit. Yes. And thank you all so much for watching. Have grace and patience with yourself. All of you new moms out there, all of you who are trying, you're doing the best that you can. And your babies will thank you for it forever. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for watching. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Bye-bye.